There was a countdown there. I liked it. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Steve. Can you can you verify? Are we are we showing up places? Do you know? Uh, or, or no? We uh, we, uh, we should be. I need to double check now. Uh, this is an emergency solution. So this is an emergency broadcast of the podcast that we did not. It's a long story, but here we are, and we're just trying out new stuff and and making things happen because that's what we do. Steve, it is yep. wonderful to see you on camera and to have other people see you on camera. But I mean, uh, it's, assuming it, people are going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it has been a while, man. It has awesome. been a while. Oh, my so. gosh. We can see the chat. The chat just showed up, Steve, on the side. I like this. Yeah, this is it'll be different. You'll see the chat yourself. Yeah, I like this. Hello, Krista. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, there's going to cool. be some interesting things I could mess with. So this is actually the the software we pay for that lets us spit out to multiple locations at once. This is kind mm -hmm. of the in the in browser version of its of its shtick. Since the other thing was just crashing the stream over and over and over again. I don't so, normally get um, to watch like the chat and. Right now, I am so like beyond You're thrilled. To yeah, see it's probably pretty cool and different. So it's extremely um, cool. Hi, everybody. I'm pretty sure we're live everywhere because I've got viewers coming in from three different sources here. So I haven't actually checked it yet. But the fact that they're talking to us uh, means we're, means we're good to go. I think that's so. incredible. That's incredible. <clears throat> and I I, I want to just say like my hope was that we'd be able to see if we if we got this going, which we were kind of working for all of this yeah kevin just lost his job uh if is is you know we'd be able to maybe use the chat a little bit more tonight and and uh kind of let that... me to get that in there to you some other way again in the future i don't know we'll find out oh new world awesome. man brave new world <laughs> this is this it's gonna you're gonna be uh up against it if you think you're going to be pulling this wonderful new tech that we're trying out right now away from me this is incredible. oh and look at so, this look at this check this out anthony yeah oh wow <laughs> i like that you know they do that on the on the ttpg broadcast and I yeah said, wow, right. that's really cool i think that'd be great to be able to do that um that's really so, cool hi Derek. maybe we'll hi, mess guys. with this more, but anyway we digress <laughs> nick is here too what's up what up you yeah, StreamYard. Yeah, exactly. That's not what this is, though. But that's no, okay. this Thanks, is not man. StreamYard. Yeah, but... this is going to be tough now. Now I'm like just a deer in headlights. When I see something come up, I just don't know what to do <laughs> with my hands. I get really excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. This is great. So, um, I know that's pretty big, right, Kev? So yeah, so we wanted to try this out, and you know, we had things have been coming up and and that sort of thing, and like today is the Leones anniversary and um kevin minto is sick so thank you so much for um for dealing with just steve and i and and we hope that that the leonis are having a great time we hope that kevin feels better really soon um and we just thought you know what let's just try it out let's see how we can do it just with two people we'll get steve back on which is great because people haven't heard his voice in a while we just usually hear him in the background and we would try something new so here we are trying something new excited to do it and uh there's lots of updates steve to give lots of updates you're coming off uh record-breaking weekend uh with your uh, one day record-breaking record at one site one day. anyway okay. yeah all right i'm, I'm embarrassed record-breaking okay. one day so could, could you tell us a little bit about that why you were excited yeah so uh most of you know we've been doing wood turtle research for several years now um uh, 
three times in the spring, three times in the fall, we go out. And so we have this one site we've been going at for going to for five years. And Anthony was out there on the first preliminary day uh, of the survey. And we saw a total of nine wood turtles that day, but only eight of them were in kind of the area where we're actually still surveying. And um, since that day, we've never actually seen that many wood turtles in a single day until uh, last fall. We had eight uh, wood turtles in that survey uh region and then uh just on sunday yesterday we hit nine and eight of them were on clock which was the most we've ever happened had during that timed part of the survey protocol as well so uh, we were really kind of excited we saw two new females as well um and so andy and i ran a count by the way and, and this is a uh, boggles my mind um at all the sites we've done during part of this survey, if you, including the one that we were only at a couple times and no longer use, um, Andy and I have seen more than a hundred unique wood turtles during this work. That's incredible, isn't incredible. it? Though it really a hundred. That's like, incredible. So my uh, on clock. So you're talking about you know a timed study because then that gives you a more measurable idea of like we went out and we spent two hours this time and we went out in the same spot and we spent two hours this time. And now we can see, you know, this like it's, trends because you're not like comparing a 10 hour trip to a two hour trip or a trip with well, 40 people to a trip of two people. Right. You're trying to. Keep yeah. Well, more. and even trends with it, you don't really look at trends from survey to survey to tell you anything about the population though. Um, sometimes it tells you more about just the conditions on a given day. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, the weather on Sunday. It was Makes really sense. cold in the morning, which was awesome. But it was a clear, sunny day. So the sun got in. The turtles got to move in a little bit. Um, you know, it got up to 55 or, or, or 56 or something. So it was almost like a an ideal November day to find to find the wood turtles. So, And if anyone tuning in is not aware, uh, Steve gets very excited about the weather. If you think he loves wood turtles, just get him talking about the weather. It's very exciting. So. <laughs> it was so great. It was cold in the morning. Like, dang, I hate when it's cold in the morning. Um, that's that's really that's that's really really cool. So I wanted to start off with that positive note. Um, something else that uh, I wanted to touch on, just in general, is like I put. I love that, Derek. I mi hashtag I miss Minto. Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to touch on, and I don't know how you're feeling about this, but I know how I've been feeling about this, and I've been I've been kind of open about it on a couple episodes now. Uh, we just recorded one yesterday of Turtley Devoted, which we haven't released yet. But um, so I don't I don't mean to double dip, and the conversation would definitely be different with Shannon than it would be with you. But like the pressure for those of us who are who are working with animals in captivity uh, rare animals in captivity and the pressure that goes along with that like i know steve you like me had a lot of um like unfortunate or frustrating things happen this year but at the same time a lot of things that really should be celebrated yeah. you know oh, totally so i wanted to talk to you a little bit about that so so let's Let's just go into those projects and kind of what's been going on for us because we don't normally get to talk about that stuff when we have guests. So let's, you know, but people I think really enjoy hearing about that from people that are actually, you know, dealing with that stuff. Uh, so what, 
are you let, what let's start with what do we hatch this year let's go let's go back and forth if you say one then i'll say one uh you have more so you start okay that way we uh, can alternate a little bit better okay uh spangler eye the black breasted leaf turtle from vietnam Okay. So we'll just, we'll just, yeah, we'll, so we'll just follow right from there. So um, I actually hatched Spangler myself as well for the first time this year. And the one that hatched here, um, Anthony and I were super stoked about this turtle hatching. It is our first F2 from our, our combined effort. Um, so one of the animals that Anthony hatched, I think in 2014, uh, that came down here shortly after she hatched. Uh, Lisa and I raised from a hatchling, and she laid her first uh, eggs this year. And the first egg that she laid hatched, uh, was it, I can't remember, late September, early October. Um, I don't remember the exact date. And so it seems to be doing all right. We've seen it poop which is really exciting. A lot of you who breed turtles and have hatchlings, like especially if you don't get to watch them eat for something like that can be kind of secretive, like a a hatchling Spanglary, when you see poop, that's exciting. Like like, turtle poop is exciting, man. So yeah, um, a a pooping baby Spanglary. I'm like, that's a win. (laughs) I never, (laughs) I made a, I made a joke one time when I was talking to uh, you, um, Yon um, about, um, the the monk who we had on episode I think sixty or sixty two I can't remember which one it was but it was quite a while last ago February now. yeah yeah, yeah this is episode eighty one by the way if anyone's keeping track but um, I made a joke that he and I, he and I were talking and I said I never wanted I, I've never wanted to see a, a male genitalia more than um, with a couple of turtles that I've been raising up and just hoping they turn male. And you're totally right though. Like you never want to see poop more than with one of those like rare hatchlings that you're just trying to get to, to like to, to, to survive. Cause you hear the stories or you've experienced it before where you hatch one and you're all excited and then you go down the next day and it's, you know, no longer, no longer alive and well. And you, you're wondering if you could have done something differently or whatever. And, and seeing that poop just lets you know that you're a little bit out of the woods, not totally, but you're, you're doing really well. Um, yeah, Michael no, totally. asked how Otis is. Otis, uh, I don't know. I, I I get the same updates. We get the same updates you do with the with the YouTube videos from Chris. But um, it seems like Otis is definitely very popular, which um, which we're excited about. So I've seen. I, I can tell because I start to see Chris's stuff get shared all over the place um, with certain things, like when he separated uh, when he separated the tortoise twins, that was a, that was a whole thing. So, uh, okay. So both hatched Spangler eye. Um, I hatched Moremi's Anamensis, the Vietnamese pond turtle, uh, for the first time this year, which was really exciting, including a color morph that I didn't necessarily um, anticipate, which was really, really exciting. Um, okay. Now you, um, I'll start with a one that the one that everybody probably re- remembers is uh, Cicalia quadriochelata, four-eyed turtle. This is year number four of of having hatchlings. I think, uh, one, yeah, I think so. Four. I think I've gotten successful babies four out of five years or something like that. Awesome. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So we we hatched two more uh, this year. Uh, so those were. 
it's always I, I always love getting those. They're adorable little things. They're, I feel like uh, I don't really have to worry about them when they hatch. Um, in general, they seem to just get going pretty pretty smoothly. That's so. awesome. Okay, I, I'm already sick of this game that I made up. So let's let's do it differently. What what species <laughs> that what species that you hatched this year was the most exciting the most exciting the most exciting the most exciting take your time nobody even knew we were having a show tonight so they're, uh, they're, we're all playing with house right games. i know so uh, this is a uh, I, I don't really know how to answer this so Thanks, um what what I thought was going to be the most exciting one ended up maybe not quite being the most exciting one. Um, I don't know how many people have heard heard this. I haven't published it a lot on social media yet. So, um, do you want how, how much of the story should I tell Anthony? Hey, I think you know where got, I'm going. We got nothing but time. <clears throat> All right, so back in May, uh, well, last October. Um, uh, somebody sent me another ringed map female on loan. So um, brought the total number of them here to three males, two females. And That's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. And what ended up happening? Well, so fast forward to May from last October, really excited. She laid a nest right around Mother's Day, right? Excavated it. It was two eggs, um, put them in the incubator, all excited. Like two weeks later, she laid three more eggs, put them in the incubator. Like this is getting to be really exciting. Like two and a half weeks later, she laid two more eggs, like a third clutch. Now we're talking like, okay, this is a lot for a map turtle to lay three clutches. Like, especially these narrow headed species, like any map turtle, three clutches is kind of towards the upper limit, right? So two and a half weeks later, she lays uh, another, it was actually, yeah, she lays another three eggs or whatever it was, two, three, two, three, yeah, it was three eggs, put them in the incubator, like this is, this is like unusual, map, uh, a female ringed map turtle laying four clutches, I've now got 10 eggs from her in the incubator Um, if anybody knows anything about ringed map turtles in the hobby, there's uh, a lot, there's a lot more males around than females, so these were all going in the female incubator uh, to just give out to some people to kind of help them balance their groups and eventually start producing um, you know, help them eventually start producing some ringed map turtles as well Right. And so a week after this fourth clutch was laid, the other ones start hatching. And I'm really sad that I don't have pictures ready to throw up here since we're kind of using an emergency system and whatever else. But they hatch. And the first one that hatches, like when 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 map turtles hatch oftentimes you just kind of see the head and the front of the shell a little bit maybe even only one side you know and so the first one hatches and and it had a ring like thing there um so great but then the second one hatched and it had a blotch a full blotch on the first le- on the front left plural uh, you know on the first left plural and so while there are yellow blotch map turtles that come with rings from time to time especially on the first plurals uh it's not that likely for a ring to have a blotch yeah 
And so it was like, all of a sudden, this like awesome moment was just like, oh, crap. These might be hybrids, right? So I asked you what was most exciting. So was it still exciting because now you hatch map turtles, which is a so yeah, right. So these are the first map turtles I hatched. So it was still pretty exciting, but if we're honest, it was a little anticlimactic because you just like yeah weren't shooting for for hybrids, however cool they look. And uh, I posted some of them in a couple of the Facebook groups. If you can look back a month, you you guys out there, uh, you know, I'm sure you're in all those groups. You can probably go find them pretty easily. Pictures of these really beautiful map turtles, but it was still a little anticlimactic, right? Um, Especially as as they pop out. And this second turtle basically looks like a yellow blotch map turtle. Right. Then, you know, like, Like, okay, I wasn't just, you know. Right. So then um, the owner of the female and I, you know, kind of, you know, I contacted him. I sent him pictures. So he, so this female had also been with somebody else other than himself previously. So she was kind of on loan with a a different individual before. And and so turns out at some point, Long enough ago, she was actually housed with a male yellow blotch, but she had never produced offspring. She never even really nested. And so, you know, we end up with, so uh, um, ultimately, by the way, she laid a total of five clutches for 13 eggs of of hybrid, (laughs) hybrid map turtles. Um, Again, absolutely gorgeous, but like, I I don't need to keep 13 hybrid map turtles long-term either. So um, I've already was able to find somebody in in PA here who was interested in a couple of them. So I've got 11 still in the house, but um, like I said, gorgeous turtles, but it was anticlimactic despite how exciting it was to finally hatch, hatch map turtles. And I keep turning towards uh, the screen that it's normally my control screen and my camera's up here in the middle. So I'm sorry for all of you who think I'm not looking at you out there i need it just it's been so long since i've been on on air so <laughs> it's good it's exciting <laughs> like for us it's like i don't know it's it's like riding a bike like we 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 did this so many times in the past but it has been i know while. right yeah, yeah yeah so and i'm used uh, to hearing your voice because you're usually talking in the background right, but, but totally the viewers um the listeners can't normally i've see upgraded my you. i've upgraded my audio equipment since everybody else last heard me too so yeah, so if you're wondering why he sounds extra sultry tonight, that's that's why. Thank that's you so right. much for, for being active in the chat, guys. It's awesome to see you guys. Um, so uh, Kevin wants to know what the blue ribbons are behind me. Those are from the New, New York Turtle and Tortoise show. So the, if you listen to Turtley Devoted, Shane and I had a, a discussion on the last episode, which is not live, um, which is not live yet, available yet, but it will be this week. Um, and one of the things we talked about is I built a laundry room for Shannon and that's where I'm, I'm sitting right now. And uh, she basically said like, eh, I don't really love the laundry room one day last week while I was at work. And she like set it up for me. Like you can record your podcast down there. It's awesome. As you can see, the lighting is not great. We're working on it. We're workshopping some things, not just uh, new tech, but also just, you know, a new spot for Anthony to sit. So um, yeah, so we decided to put those up, but those are from the, those are from past uh, New York Turtle and Tortoise Society um, shows where they have like best in show and stuff like that, uh, which is kind of weird, but I don't know. 
I, I like to go once in a while and bring turtles. People get excited to see turtles. I get excited to see turtles, so I like to bring turtles and have other people get excited to see turtles. So, yeah. so um, I, I'm going to take us on a tangent since we're talking about the ribbons that you wanted the New York Turtle and Tortoise Society stuff. So yeah. do you remember the gentleman who took a bunch of those pictures of you that day you won like a, a million ribbons? Uh, no, I remember him, but I don't. So his Why'd name you know his him? name his name was Tony, right? Okay. All right. I think that way. Let me um uh, Tony Monahan. Is that, that Okay, yeah, bell? I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Are you like so Googling I, this right now? No, 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 no. I, I was pulling up my email, actually. Oh, okay. So um I don't know that I've actually gotten to tell you that I, I don't know that I've actually remembered to tell you this when we've been on the phone. Um actually, so uh two Fridays uh uh well three Fridays ago. So a little more than two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> I met Tony, he was down here. Um, he actually wanted to meet with me and, you know, kind of get to know a little bit more about the turtle room. So awesome. Tony is in the process of, he's writing a book that he's going to call um, like turtle encounter. No, um, a turtle lovers digest, or I, I don't remember the name of the book now. Um, uh, that really stinks. Um, but anyway, the, yeah. yeah. So the idea of the book long term is um, he wants to highlight a bunch of places where people can encounter turtles um, without necessarily going into the wild or having to take turtles out of the wild, especially like he wants to like kind of use the book to remind people that that's not a cool thing to do, but he also wants to, you know, provide a bunch of places where people can encounter turtles, uh, be them zoos and aquariums, things like that. But the other thing he wants to do with it is also highlight a bunch of uh, turtle centric nonprofits, places that people might be able to get involved with helping turtles, whether it be through donating or volunteering or things like that. So I actually got to meet Tony a couple weeks ago and kind of get to know him a little bit and let him get to know a little bit more about the turtle room. Um, so uh, he can eventually include us in this book he's working on. So, Oh, I love it. Very cool. He reached out to me actually too. And we talked, I think I spoke to him on the phone about oh, yeah, okay. together to, to talk about things. Yeah. Cause he's like in the New York area and I think he's working with somebody in the Massachusetts area, which is like, right on either side of me so it made sense to get to okay that. yeah yeah um peter warney is up okay. there a lot yeah. so cool cool yeah like uh chicken soup for the turtle nerd soul yeah that's what he should call it i just decided <laughs> <laughs> i should i should actually if i if i get pull my email back up here i could probably get a reminder of what he's calling it but that's all right um, it's, too, it's in the beta test stage you know, it's it yeah it is it's early he's just in the yet. he's just in the research phase he might, of the he book. might change it he might change so, the yeah. title that's pretty cool though but yeah i love it good for him that's cool um going back to our conversation about exciting hatchings and we'll focus on the positive i i uh Shannon thought, my wife Shannon thought that um, I hit my head because she heard me like screaming. Sometimes I hit my head a lot because I'm really tall. Well, and, and your uh, basement's short. <laughs> yeah, it's it happens. Actually, I pulled a muscle in my neck this weekend because I was like carrying some stuff and I hit my head. And when I hit my head, I like kind of like 
shocked myself and like freaked out and like ducked really quickly and i pulled something in my neck it's like still bothering me i've been definitely uh partaking in a little bit of uh a leave and ibuprofen but um yeah so she thought i hit my head but i was screaming because i hatched a japonica that was a few weeks ago oh yeah Geomita japonica ryuku black-breasted leaf turtle which is something i've been working on for a long time it's it's weird because i highlighted them in um the book that i wrote uh but i used our partner uh ben's information on the species because he's been hatching them for a long time he's really 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 talented um turtle breeder and and captive husbandry specialist who's got a lot of experience in zoos and things like that a lot of zoological experience so um anyway he helped me do that but i always kind of felt like you know um just a little bit of a fraud on some level i mean fraud is a strong word but like when you're actually able to to do it yourself it makes all the difference in the world so that was that was really great and um yeah uh basically she thought that i hit my head on something because i was screaming so loud my daughter actually you know it's funny i can remember when I was a kid, the Cowboys being in the Super Bowl, and my father was a Cowboys fan, and I had never seen him like that before. He was just like jumping up and down and screaming and acting like a little kid, but with his man voice. And it was it it was startling for me as a child to see that, like him just going wild, and I didn't understand how important that was for him. My daughter was downstairs with me when I saw that that egg had hatched, and I was screaming, and yeah. I, I could see the look <laughs> on her face that she was like, what is wrong with my dad right now? Um, so don't worry it's just my life's work no big deal no big deal but um so yeah so like and i have to remind myself and that's the main thing that i wanted to get into steve you know one of the things that i talk about i've, I've talked about this on totally devoted i've talked about this on the pod podcast and i actually have uh, recently talked about this as a guest on amphibicast if you haven't checked that out and if you happen to like frogs at all. It's a really cool uh, podcast by a gentleman named uh, Dan from uh, from New York. Uh, and it, it was a really nice opportunity. He asked really good questions. He also has a really good radio voice, but I brought this up again. So I won't go into it too far, but I have a couple other things to share that are a little different. Uh, I can't really jump that much though, Nick, because I, you know my head is on. For, number one, I'm huge. So elephants don't jump as you know. And then also, my head is already like here, so I can't really jump that much. You're kind of like jumping in place, so like squatting down and doing a little jump. I don't know. So, um, the idea of of negativity and how much that that affects us um, as just as human beings and how we're drawn to that, like um, scientifically, like chemi chemically. So, um, there's a social scientist named Amber Boydston, who I've heard speak a couple of times. She's really brilliant. She has, she has some really cool books. Um, she also does uh, some research on um, politics and, and like the divisiveness of, of politics and, and kind of our, our black and white thinking and, and all of that and, and how it kind of, how politics affect that and how, how that, you know, human nature affects politics and all the rest of it and stuff. And it's really interesting. And it's really just research-based, which is great, right? Like this is a science-based audience that we have for this, uh, for this podcast. And um, so her research shows that for every, uh, every negative experience that we have, because it has such a profound effect on us, we need to have six equally weighted positive experiences just to stay even keel, which is just crazy. Um, this is why, you know, if you're just going along, like 
normal everything is is hunky dory it's just whatever your day in day out life whatever and something negative happens you stay down longer something positive happens you're back down to normal by like lunchtime right the negative stuff just has a more profound effect and you probably have heard me talk about the tiger in the water hole before that we evolved by the people who were able to focus on the tiger and stay away from the danger were able to survive and pass on their genes as opposed to the person who's just like party time focus on the water hole and doesn't think about the tiger and then gets eaten this has nothing to do with tiger king but um there's also <laughs> research uh there was another study that had two sales groups that were equally uh that that uh performed equally well right similar sales numbers similar size group all that similar demographics all the rest of it and uh one group they added a positive person one group they had one group they added a negative person steve what do you think happened to that group what happened to their sales the negative oh person. they dropped they, they dropped. totally dropped what, what happened to the group that had a positive person added of course they went up they, they stay the same stay the same yeah that makes sense. yeah because too. it has it has a less profound effect so like when you're the bubbly person walking in who's like hey guys how you doing it's much less than like hey i got some gossip for you right it's much more profound so i find myself and i have to remind myself of this i put so much pressure on myself and i'm like i'm a positive person i've, I've always been an optimist I, th I feel like the more i get into turtles the more i become a pessimist and I, I i can't help myself but realize that like you know we're in a rough spot in the world and now i'm like a father of daughters and i worry about them and i worry about the world that they're living in and and all of the rest of it it's a lot there's a lot to worry about i'm not a, i'm not generally an anxious person but i do think about all this stuff so i have to remind myself like so what like okay so for instance spider tortoises are one that, that i've talked about a lot like I've been raising a group of spider tortoises, spider tortoises for 10 years. And I just got eggs this year for the first time and the egg started to develop. It was good and it should have hatched, but it didn't. And it was like heartbreaking. Um, Japonica, which I said I did hatch. I, I got fertile eggs last year, couldn't hatch them. They went almost full term and died. Uh, earlier this year, I got a clutch fertile, both fertile, two eggs again both died and then got another clutch and by that time i'm like this is just the worst like it's like heartbreak over and over and over again to get this close after trying for so long you know and then they hatch and it's like incredible until you know the next thing i even found myself doing it like yesterday i hatched uh pelusius nanus the african dwarf mud turtle for the first time and i've had the adults here for 65 days they came here 65 days ago, and yesterday I hatched an egg. But oh, it was man. a four-egg clutch, and I only hatched one out of the four Re eggs. Remember so the like, last group of nanas? On the negative. The last group, remember the last, last group, group of, of Yours. Mine? Uh, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Talk about a heartbreak, right? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's what it's, it's all ups and downs, right? And that's what you have to remind yeah. ourselves. It's like it's all ups and downs. So he's talking about the last group. The last group was captive bred uh by our partner um jared siakowski um who was our partner at the time and and um he was one of the first one of the first people in the u.s to breed them and he sent the hatchlings to me and i raised them up and i had one drown there were four i had one drown and so i had three that made it like to sub-adulthood they were like almost adult size 
and I moved them to a larger enclosure and the next day they just all died. Like I set it up, I gave them a medium waterland. It was huge. The temperature, it wasn't even like the cold time of year. The temperature was perfect and they had made it over the winter. I let them get cold at night. They were down at like 60 degrees at night. No problem. I moved them to this enclosure and then the next day I went to check on them and they all had like foam around their mouth. I have no idea what they got into, what the situation was. I assume it had something to do with stress because there was no chemical involved or anything like that. So yeah, that was pretty miserable. Yeah. And then still my friend had the confidence in me to be like, Hey, I have some adults and I need them to be babysat for a little while, but good news. It's like it, they should lay eggs probably while you have them because it's coming up on egg laying season and and they came here and like four days later they laid eggs and then 57 days after that the eggs started to hatch well one egg hatched anyway so yeah the other ones didn't make it they were full term but like that's that's the yes you were chris you were right you guessed right i said that you're not i believe i i responded afterwards and said you're not wrong um but yeah you nailed that by the way that was pretty good because all you could see is like some you know not very descriptive picture of like a black turtle, what appeared to be a turtle in an egg. Yeah. But that was pretty cool. So lots of firsts this year. I had one weekend. Yeah, was, lots of great firsts. I had one weekend where I hatched three new species in one weekend. Like that I never had yeah. before in my life. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like before this year, I'd only hatched four-eyed turtles, right? I mean, talk about a weird only turtle hatch, but yeah, right. uh, this year I added, uh, you know, I had way more eggs from way more turtles and hatched, you know, three more species because I also hatched pure yellow blotched map turtles this year. I have one male and one female. Um and that was that was really cool. Um, they're doing they're doing pretty well, I think. Uh, I, I'm a bit behind on doing some habitat stuff, just because of all the wood turtle stuff. Um, through the last several weekends, I just haven't had the time to. Oh, and I had a disaster a couple weeks ago. The time I was going to spend. Um, doing other things uh i had a filter crack along the side woke up to water all over the floor on a wednesday morning before school and then so like uh, you know I, I ended up having to spend a saturday morning dealing with f finishing messing with that instead of doing other maintenance i would have liked to do oh wow yeah i i i can't say i i haven't been there before that sucks that yeah sucks. tens tens of gallons of like turtle cleaning. water on the basement yeah. Like, well, and it, and it was, you know, there was water out at the, to the beginnings of the finished part of the basement, too, because, it you know, yeah. just running. This is like because the filter was pumping water out of the tank, basically onto the floor because of the just gushing yeah, out right. of the filter. I don't want to talk about floods right now, but that's and <laughs> yeah. I know other people have it worse. But like, yeah, that was rough for me this year. But do you find yourself yeah. like struggling, like focusing on the like, oh, man, they were hybrids or like, you know, the Spangler eye egg that didn't hatch or the. Or the um, I I don't think so. I mean, you're pretty optimist. Yeah, optimist. like I, I am. Um, I am pretty optimist, which helps. Right. So it's one of those things where like occasionally it's just like disappointing. But at the same time, like they're fun turtles. Like I love map turtles. And so I've got like I've got two dozen hatchling map turtles here right now, which is awesome. So, yeah. you know, I'm not complaining about that. So. I'm realizing I don't, as my family moves around, that I don't know how to mute myself on this new platform. <laughs> uh, there's a button down front and center, I think. Oh, I don't believe you. 
I don't know. That's where it is for me, but it might look a little different for you. So, but there's a round circle with the microphone on it. You might be able to just press M if you're focused on that browser window. I don't know. I don't know. Try it. Press M. See if it mutes you. Nope. It went Talk. into the chat. Nope. nope. Okay. Don't, no don't idea. you dare. Don't patronize me. Don't say talk like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, if I'm not, I'm if my cursor isn't in the chat, it works for me. If my cursor is oh, in the chat, it types an M. But anyway. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Okay. I'm embarrassed. Is... Hey, it's new. Like I said, it's an emergency platform. It's, I'm, I'm excited like, what, about it. Yeah. What did I'm I, what did it. I, hey, keep the comments coming. Like, yeah. It took saying. me, what, five minutes to, after I just gave up on the other thing, I was like five minutes and we had something else. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can we use this and then get like the other cool stuff that you've developed around within this? Or I, I have no idea right now. All right. Maybe? Cause I like this. I'm feeling really good about things right now. Yeah. I mean, like there, there are benefits, there are some benefits for sure. Uh, dude, to, I'm like, to this kind of platform. So I'm feeling real good. Like we can even pop the chat over on screen if we want, which is kind of oh cool. Oh my gosh, you're just like moving stuff over casually. This is awesome. Yeah, I was just I didn't actually see it pop up, but I you can see it make space for it. So um yeah, there's a bunch of different things I could do, and there's probably ways to pull that into the other platform mm. too, but I've never really gotten quite, you know, I haven't really messed with this. So I love this. This is fun. What can we do with what can we do with the chat that's fun? Like like drop a species in the chat box and then we have to talk about it. Yeah, or something. That's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah, it is. Then... So um <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead of letting them get started on that, do you have do you did you have any other specific hatchling species or anything you wanted to mention for this year or anything weird or exciting? I, um I think um there were there were several that were very exciting to me. Um, there were um, thanks thanks Rosie, I like that. There there were um, several that were just really exciting. Like the the group of actinemies, Pacific pond turtles, were given to me by the wife of a friend who passed away. Yeah. And I remember. Yeah, no, like, that, that was his name, Bruce. Uh, no, Don. Don, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the, like, like to, to be in that situation, to, to, to be working with something that meant with some, that meant so much to someone. Um, and it, it didn't like, it didn't go well early on. And <clears throat> my goal has been to, to build a group and, and make him like do what would have made him proud. Um, it's not, you know, so, oops, sorry. It's not about like breeding animals or selling animals or, or any of that sort of thing. It's about like setting them up in a way that would, would do it justice. Which is why, like, when his wife reached out, that I knew, um, I knew why. I was really flattered, but it was like a lot. And th and like this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying like how I put pressure on myself. It's like it's a lot. This is important stuff. Like we chose turtles. We chose endangered species. Like I'm sorry, that matters to me a lot. So. Anyway, um, I take it really seriously, and and um, that's where the pressure comes from. So that was one. I think, like the the morph anamensis, really important because they came from a really special, important friend. Um, and I bred. There's only females, and I bred it to a normal male, and then produced 
visual morphs from that. Not that I care about morphs, but like it was really cool to see that happen for these animals that had been kind of sitting there not bred for a long time because they're all females. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was really cool. Um, and I don't know, star tortoises for the first time this year. Yeah, lots of birds. That's exciting. Like I, yeah, like I, I think there's been like six or seven species that I hatched for the first time here this year, right. which is insane yeah. because I don't hatch that many different species. But right. I, I do think this was a record year. But like I said, I'm sitting here moping, and and I was like a mess for a couple of weeks during the middle of everything because I was freaking yeah. out. So I have, um, a, you know, I have a couple other stories I could tell too. Um, in fact, one was this week. Uh, but so we, we, I mentioned earlier, I finally hatched uh, pure yellow blotch map turtles as well. They were the second map turtle to hatch here this year. Um, so the there's a female that the turtle room ended up with through uh, a confiscation. U.S. Fish and Wildlife um, gave this animal to the turtle room. It was at Chris's for a little bit. Then it made its way here. And it's only been here now for two laying seasons right so it's still kind of just not you know acclimated yet it's still getting adjusted from all of that um it's starting to look healthier um so it laid in a span of two weeks it laid 15 eggs in the water i salvaged every single one of these 15 eggs um two of them uh chalked up like you'd expect and one of them went into the you know uh, i moved stuff around so that one of them ended up being in the female incubator for most of its period the other ended up being in the male incubator and so when the male one well and, and it actually looked like the male one wasn't going to hatch um like it, the time should have come and gone even for a male um, and I couldn't see, like, I saw development really early. I saw tons of blood veins and vessels all through the egg, right? Which is, you know, what you look for a lot of times, but there were so many of them, you couldn't see much else. And so even though I was candling this, like at 70, 75 days, all I could see was this network of blood vessels in this, this egg. And it was still that way. And so I don't remember if it was 75 days, 80 days or whatever. I just kind of left it in the incubator and stopped paying attention to it. Right. I just thought, whatever, I'll check on it in a little while. You know, I'll toss it eventually kind of thing. And I went back to the incubator to do something. I don't remember what. And I open it up and sure enough, there's a little turtle attached. Right. And by the looks of it, it only hatched like probably within 24 to 48 hours. So I managed to get lucky that it wasn't sitting in their hatch for like, week, you know, uh, you know, 10 days to a week either uh, or 10 days to two weeks. So like sometimes turtles just surprise us in good ways too, like that. So like, oh, look, this egg I thought wasn't going to do anything. Look at that. Baby turtle. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. Um, I want to answer Nick's question about yeah. incubation techniques. I, I think... Whenever I can, and this is just obviously speaking for myself, but whenever I can, I incubate like at, at natural fluctuating room temperatures. For some species, it's really difficult not to do that, like Spangler eye that are incubated at really like at room temp. Like I keep Spangler eye eggs between 69 and 75 degrees. Yeah. If it gets any higher or lower, then I move them. So I'm, I'm constantly playing like musical shelves with the with the egg incubation containers um this year i really last year and going into this year i really fell in love with vermiculite and felt like that was gonna be the my savior that like hey one-to-one -one vermiculite because when you do that you can ensure they have enough now maybe some species need a little more but at least they have you know they have enough 
uh, humidity, enough uh, saturation, but but you never have too much. The eggs don't get wet, but all the, the humidity and saturation is right there in the substrate and you can measure it. So you can actually weigh that container and say, okay, at one-to-one -one by weight, water to vermiculite, I know that this container weighs X grams if it has 10 eggs in it. Right. And then you can go back two weeks later and say, oh, wow, it lost seven grams. Let me put seven grams of water back in with like a pipette. Right. Um, well, it didn't really go well with certain things. And part of my frustration and failure this year with Japonica. So I have to that's a pill I have to swallow. Like the first clutch of Japonica eggs this year I lost because I, I was falling in love with vermiculite and feeling like this was going to solve my issues. Um, I went back to the original way that I used to hatch Banglerai when I hatched like the first 15 eggs I ever got. And when I was like writing the book and feeling like I, I knew what I was doing. Um, and then now I've, I've been having trouble with, with Spangleri, but was able to hatch Japonica with that. So I think there's, there's so many different variables that you don't, um, that you re can't really like account for because you change one, but maybe maybe something else was changed since then too. And it's such a small sample size, right? Steve, I feel like we've been talking about that for like well, Yeah, Sp Spanglery eggs are naturally a small sample size because you, you only get to try something with one or two, maybe three eggs a year if you're lucky from a single animal, right? Um, and it can be really hard to, unless you have a ton of, per, a ton of adult female Spanglery to get enough eggs to really run any kind of experiment with. And then it's such a, it's a species that's so hard to hatch and they lay so few eggs that you don't necessarily want to give up eggs in the name of an experiment to see if something yeah. might work better than what you're already doing. Right. You want to try to maximize the offspring because the, the name is, is conservation more than, experimentation too it's a whole lot easier to experiment with like a, a mississippi map turtle or whatever or a red-eared slider i mean they lay clutches like every feels like they lay a million clutches a week you know yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely so um i think the other thing too like who knows what's going into the adult the the health of the adults at that point so um like if if the female or, or the male doesn't have the right supplementation, that sort of thing, and now you're changing substrates, you could think, well, the substrate wasn't right. And and that's why you switch something. You know what I mean? Right. So I think I, I, I think that it's really tough to quantify what variable it could be because at any point there's probably like 12 to 15 variables that are like right in your well, brain and then an unknown amount of 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 unidentified variables out there as well that could be affecting things like right like the ph of the water i moved i moved uh, you know 30 minutes away from where my old house was where i was having all the success breeding them could it be could it be that the water's changed could it be the water supply yeah the humidity from from one basement to another has changed and i don't really know like who knows? There's so many different variables involved. Well, you know, I was just thinking. You know, you were talking about how you were adding the water with the pipette, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're basically putting that water in like one spot. Yeah, relatively. I actually try to keep it away from the eggs. Because, right. But so, 
I mean, like, like at Bill McCords, he takes like water and just like flicks it onto the yeah. eggs, like but, on top so of I, it. But I'm so like, oh I, no, I don't want to get the eggs. So I was going to tell you what what I did when I was measuring my water with my Spenglary is. Um, I was using a, a, a misting bottle so that water was getting like so that the water was getting over the entire surface of mm-hmm. of the thing uh, instead of necessarily at one little area. And so like makes you even wonder if just the, the technique you use to add the moisture sure. could make yeah, a difference. Right. right? Yeah, it's totally like, different, right. And you're probably getting water on the egg more often than I am, too. Oh yeah, except except in that one, uh, I had uh, I was still using moss over top of the egg while I was doing all that too. Right, Nick is so, laughing. He knows what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, right? he just said that that flick, and I'm just like, oh, it's so cool to see. But like, I'm not ready for you to do that to my eggs yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get as many eggs though. They're very they're very precious. They're very precious. I I dropped a Spangler egg this year. Perfect Spangler egg from our our wonderful pair who like always produces. I like took it out. It was perfect, and I was just holding it, and I don't remember what I was thinking or doing, but like just like boop, dropped it right on the floor, like cracked. Like who does that? I mean, I guess at some point it's going to happen after the years of of eggs. Even though, as you said, low fecundity rate, they're not they're not really producing many eggs. But like, gosh. What a kick in the ding ding that was. Excuse my language, but um, yeah, yeah, that was just oh, that was really rough to stomach. Um, that one, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's exciting, and like I I feel I don't know I feel like this is weird if I'm if I'm watching this or, or tuning into this and I hear Anthony complaining and then talking about all the exciting things hatching and stuff like that. Like I get it. It's it's stupid. I just I guess. And I would hate this too if I heard someone saying this, but like I guess it's not, it's not as fun as I thought it would be. What's what what's fun to me? I I don't mean to say that in the in a bad way. What's fun, and I think I've been clear about this in, in the in years past, is like, or or in in shows past. I get excited for the people. Like like I want to go to Hamburg because I want to see. People. I want to go to the TSA conference. I want to go to the T- I want to go to TTPG, which is next week, so badly because I want to see the people. When I get to when people come to visit me here, it's it's so exciting. When I get to go visit people elsewhere, like that's what it's all about, you know. Being and that's why I love the podcasting so much too, because like conversations about turtles is what I really love, and and hearing other people talk about what they're excited about, what things could be, what they want to build. Um, how they want to grow what they're doing, um, um, all of that. Um, thanks to Derek said, thanks to Stephen Anthony's teaching, I've become a super paranoid keeper, <laughs> weighing every specimen. We are we are a little bit particular about stuff, and I I, I know you probably tune in uh, or or sign in to Kegel Rock, the the Turtle Rooms um, record keeping database to check out. Uh, our po- our our entries for like data and stuff like that. I'm sure you check that out, Derek. Which is which is cool. One of the perks of being part of the Turtle Room um, is being able to see all that. I get excited when I see like I get an email every night. Something that Steve set up. I get an email every night that says when someone's put something into our database. So like, if Derek's leopard tortoise is growing, I get to see that, and I get to see that he's excited and logging that, which is really cool because I'm nosy and probably a bad person <laughs> on some level, but also because I'm excited for you. So yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I think, 
for oh okay nick wants to ask what are some flavo production tips breeding groups uh oh i could talk about flavos all day i love them i love them steve how do you like your flavos oh they're fun they're fun you have five um, or ten five five Remember. Yeah, they're pretty. Um, they're always pretty active. They like anytime I'm in that room, they just kind of run over there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they're they're one of those things that's kind of behind on getting their water changed, and they're kind of stinky right now. Um, which, as Anthony knows, is very unusual in my house because yeah. it's one of the differences that Lisa and Shannon always talk about between. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I I think I have thirty four flavos. Yeah, I told. I knew. It was How did a that lot. happen? How did that? Yeah, happen? Right. Uh, <laughs> but I have a friend who was like, "I'll trade you a couple flavos for. I'll trade you a flavo for a, an adult flavo for a couple hatchlings." And then he had a lot of adults. So every time I'm like, "Yep, two hatchlings for an adult. Yep, two hatchlings for an adult." So, so that helped. But um, another friend of of ours, um, who I won't name, but he has. I was talking to him about it. He has about ninety flavos, adult flavos. And he just lets them roam his yard. And I like, I'm thinking about how he feeds them. Like you just bring home roadkill. Like you see a raccoon or even a deer that got hit and you could bring it home and they would just, they would just eat that, um, the whole thing. But yeah. So, um, tips for flavos. Uh, so what I've been doing that's worked really, really, really well, 24 flavos. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. So um, Ray is actually someone who I, I stole this idea from, so I can't take credit for it, but it's worked extremely well. So indoors, when he was first talking about it, like, oh, it's difficult. It's got to be difficult. I have, I'll set up uh, maternity wards for the females. And um, I've actually had other species do really well with this, like um, Ambos, Cora amboinensis, the, the Asian uh, box turtle. Um, I, I've had, uh, I've actually the actin Emmys that I bred this year, I did this way too. So I'll bring them in and I have these setups. That's basically just a terrestrial setup with a water dish big enough for, you know, a turtle to go in, um, and a hide and then a, a basking light off to one size, one side. And I'll, I'll bring the flab. I, they're very easy to palpate. Like you don't want to do this necessarily with your North American box turtles who will crush your fingers, but you, um, when you palpate them and you can feel the eggs because they have very large eggs, you could bring the females in and sometimes I'll have like six that are gravid at the same time and I just kind of keep them in an in a, a enclosure with shallow water. And then I will rotate the, the gravid females into these setups. And I can usually tell because I know in my head, like, all right, I've been palpating this one for a week and a half and it's been gravid the whole time you know how long sometimes also the position of the egg sometimes they're further down um towards the cloaca and maybe that's when they're getting positioned for for um egg laying and then also sometimes you could feel how calcified the eggs are sometimes you can feel that these eggs are feel much well more well formed than this female's eggs and i'll rotate them out i'll put them in for a day day and a half if nothing's happening i'll move the next one in and usually when they're ready they go as soon as you put them in there and then i could be getting eggs you know i could have a couple of those setups and i could be getting eggs from two females a day sometimes maybe three females a day if one goes a couple hours after i put it in there then i put another one and it just keeps going because flavos eat each other's eggs and some flavos even turn around and eat their own eggs that they just laid which is just incredible mind-boggling but um they're just that ravenous that they run over for 
turtles eggs yeah. any food you bring my daughter's toes like whatever it is they're coming after you so they're almost like piranha like you drop a food dish and next thing you know there's 15 of them all over it that are jockeying for positions so yeah they're really really cool uh young flavos you have to keep them in water you have to keep them super duper duper wet uh, yeah otherwise they love the water the they're, they'll just yeah they, they yeah. do great and then it's easier to feed them because you could just drop pellets and mix in other things yeah. pellets are such an important part of of a nice uh balanced diet a, a staple for a nice balanced diet so that's really important i think so they're great um for anyone who says you don't have any get them for anyone who says you have them get some more they're just they're terrific like they really really are and they're really cold hardy I'm, I'm up here in connecticut and i didn't do it on purpose last year but a couple of them i couldn't find and they survived the winter outside with no hibernacula at all just they just yeah. down. um i happen to have like a spot that used to be the compost pile for the previous owner of the home and they dug down and, and they were awesome yeah but i think flavos for me are also uh, as chris mentioned now are um chris drake are um one of the best species to keep in terms of uh behavior as well so i feel like spangler eye and japonica are up there for me and mccord eye and flavos are up there in terms of uh just how absolutely wonderful their personalities are so um Someone else asked if they could pick our brain about uh, something tank, a Kristen, tank problem. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. Steve might be your guy on tank problems. He's he's wonderful. Um, just saying. Use that chat to dump the details. In the meantime, yeah. uh, here, I'll, t- I'll tell another story. Tell um, a story. Story time with Stephen. I like this. Stephen with a yeah. PH. So, um, I mean, everybody out here likes likes time back terrapins. Um, so I... Uh, I've never actually kept Diamondback Terrapins. Uh, you know, I've got all my map turtles and everything. This week, um, I had a gentleman contact me on like Wednesday, I think it was. Uh, he's at a. He works at a lab here in, in the county where I where I live. Um, and he's like, "Hey, we ended up with a Diamondback Terrapin that came in in the soil sample, right?" So now I have a hatchling diamond diamondback terrapin of known locality, known that's, locality diamondback terrapin baby, like that's, by that's illegal. That's illegal. It is and it isn't right. Like nobody, nobody like actually harvested this turtle. Right? It ended up in a soil sample that you know everybody had permits for. You know, to I, I wouldn't even be surprised. That, like, there's actually a wildlife refuge in the place where I wouldn't be surprised if the soil sample came from there. Uh, the turtle was small enough; it was clearly probably going to overwinter in the nest, mm-hmm. right? And so all of a sudden, now it's got to like not overwinter in the nest um so interesting what um how big do you think the soil sample was like what there was the only one turtle in it so it couldn't have, like i don't know like, no, it couldn't have been that big right one would think but so like this turtle got dug up how tossed in some kind of container yeah. right well it depends on what they're doing right but so this turtle got dug up put in some kind of container you know shipped dumped out like who knows right like it's not and this it's not like this was overnighted you don't overnight soil right. samples yeah right like <laughs> yeah and it's in the soil too just like pack it it's in like the soil right? in and everything yeah yeah it's really interesting 
really so like from from whether from an oxygenation or whatever it's just like yeah. pretty interesting that like this turtle made that journey and so now it'll get a chance to live out its life in in captivity but um really unusual right like never you know Never thought that would happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. That's so it looks like uh, it looks like Kristen has her thing in here. Ready to slider brought in is from his pond larvae, tiny rods. That, I know rod shapes is. that reproduce in the tank. Finally, some hatch in the tiny reddish worms. Uh, single thread filament. Oh, if you think you know what it is, go for it. I think so. Switch in the I've water. not had. I think I think it's like midges, like um, blood worms that turn into yeah. midges, like like mosquitoes that don't bite basically yeah when you see them flying they look just like a mosquito um they're gross and they're definitely like something that happens <clears throat> the other thing right, so us, us aquatic turtle people get are the drain flies that look like little black moths but they're like super duper small um yeah those are gross and uh those are like the bane they're everywhere this uh, the the house yeah. spiders love those love those little flies too well the house spiders don't get them enough in my house yeah. They're, not, they're um, not little drain fly assassins right. like I am. So, um, Kristen, the problem is you probably have some things, some of them that make it to adult phase, and they're back to the water after you clean the filter and the tank. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what a good solution for that is. Um, thankfully, I've not really dealt with that one. You use really good filtration. Your stuff is just inside. Um, I personally yeah. bring a lot of stuff from the outside, like I'll right. bring, I'll bring That's a big difference. logs and leaves and things like that into my terrestrial enclosures from outside. Um, I bring roaches in from some, from outside. Thank you, Steve. Uh, that's, that's a whole other different story. That is, that, that is a story, man. On, the, on, the pod, on this very show, on this very show, my wife learned about the roaches for the first time. Uh, that was because I, that was the first time I got Spangler Eye. And I was, ex I was so excited and nervous. 2013, I was so nervous. And um, uh, the gentleman brought an enclosure with him to, to so that I can, <laughs> so that I could just keep them exactly what in exactly what they were used to. And I just brought it right in my house. And I saw one crawl out, and I was like, "The hell was that?" <laughs> Turns out, uh, you know, people in the South deal with different bugs than we do. And yeah, so I had a a um, roach infestation in my basement. That was yeah. We don't live there anymore though, and luckily they died off because once I took the turtles out of there, they didn't have you know. But they would come out sometimes at night when it got bad. I would feed the turtles. I have to go down and get the food right away so that they couldn't get it. And sometimes I can go down at night, turn the lights on, and see them in the enclosures. Be like ooh. But that's something that people in the South just deal with. I I never have. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was bad. And I would, like, wait until it was, like, February and it was, like, zero degrees outside and go and dump every single enclosure and refill them up. But And then they'd be gone for six months, and then I'd see one and be like, oh, gosh, when you see one, you know, there's a lot more. So, anyway, thanks for bringing that up, Steve. I really appreciate that. Uh, Rosie, I'll call you Rosie since I'm talking to Steve over here. <laughs> but uh yeah that was really rough so so yeah i think um kristen it's it's really difficult and it's an uphill battle um i'd like to know kristen if you don't mind where you live and i say anywhere south of 
anywhere south of Alberta, Canada, keep that baby outside year round. Let's go for it. I care yeah. about animal welfare. Let me just say that. But they do really well outside. Yeah. Um, I had, it was 26 degrees the other day and my alligator snapper. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She is in Canada. <laughs> Winnipeg is to the west of Alberta. It's just saying. Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So um, oh, maybe had, she's just trolling you though. Maybe she's just like. She was. No, because <laughs> I was the one that said the stupid comment. She didn't ask for that. Um, I have a, uh, I had an alligator snapper out the other day. It's 26 degrees and I, I overnight and I pulled it out in the morning and it was doing great. I put it into my garage cause that's getting a little cold, but yeah. So yeah, that, that radio slider needs to come in. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually be really curious to, I bet they could make it. They're established in Canada. Winnipeg isn't that far North. Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Where in Canada do you know? Do you know? Is that like I know they are in Ontario. Scott Gilling, is that Scott? Yeah, Gilling yeah. You seeing them out there? I yeah. I, I, either it was either him or um, another guy I know from the TSA conferences. Very cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, but it's just insane that a, a species from Texas can do that. Crazy. Uh, Mary wants to know what platform we're on. We are on Restream. Is that what that's called, Steve? Yeah, so we're using, so we normally use Restream uh, for one aspect of the show, uh, but we had some technical issues, so we jumped over to its um, in-browser studio for this tonight. Uh, I love this so much. This is just terrific. Mary has some sulcatas that she wants to rehome if anyone's looking for any. That's tough. That's tough. Not as tough as sliders, but that's tough. I helped rehome yeah. with Sulcata, um, like the end of the summer. That was just massive, so big. Like, yeah. it was a good thing I was there because the person I was with couldn't pick it up. It's just yeah. like insane. He would, and the owner would put a strawberry on a string and get it to walk around because just nobody in the family could pick it up. It's just massive, massive. Anyway, cool species. Yeah, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I like. Yeah. Before we did this, I was like, oh, I don't know. This it's, well, it's been a while, and I I don't know that it's. Truth be told, I don't know that you and I ever did a, a two man cast. We did. We did? Okay. Yep. Because we, know, we had John we with our... us for a while, and yep. then we had Amanda with us, and then... I could remember at least two that we did together. One okay. where we did, where we talked about moving, and one yeah. okay. where we talked about, um, like, reptile library. Because, oh, was that um, just the two of us? Yeah, we were going back oh, and man. forth with books. I feel like we've done that episode a couple times. But one of them was just you and I. Okay. And yeah. I, I think we've done. If I had to put my money on it, which I'm not a gambling man because I'm, right. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm barely a man. Uh, I um, I think we did more than I think we've done more than two, just you and I. Yeah, but it could be two. Two that I can. It's remember. been so long though that it's just like. Yeah. It's like riding a bike, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. totally. It's awesome. If I if I you know knew this was going to be if I knew beforehand that this is going to be end up how things are going to work tonight I would have moved my camera a little bit to make this a little bit easier as opposed to yeah 
you know that modem behind you is weird or whatever that thing is with the antennas with the this oh that's a lego star wars craft oh i'm embarrassed yeah the modem's up there in front of me but yeah that's That's a lego star wars uh ship back there of course you've got you've got bonsai there you know in in the matt patterson original that was awesome that's terrific yep yeah, he did a Spangler I one that I sent him some pictures for. So, I'm yeah, I didn't remember if he actually ended up doing that one or not. So, what's up, Mister Dolanish? Dolanish, Dolanish, potato, potato. I never know. I can never tell. So, um, here's here's a good question. As we try to probably wrap this up a little bit, what species did you not hatch this year that you're most hopeful to hatch next year? This is a challenge. This is a challenge. Um, there's a couple. That's why it's a challenge. Um, that's, that's rough. And we'll go rapid fire and I'll answer some of the questions that I see coming in from the chat right now, which is awesome. But um really good question i would say spider tortoises i already talked about i'm going to name a few spider tortoises galbinifrons which i see they breed more than anyone i know turtle or otherwise and um (laughs) and probably cora pani the pan's box turtle and galbinifrons is a flower back box turtle one of the the original flower back box turtle yeah. Um, before it was separated into different species, subspecies and species. But um, yeah, I, I like all of them could. I don't I don't see yeah. those things that will, but I but they all right. could, if that makes sense. So anything happens, it would be a, yeah. a like definite bonus. But like because I got the fertile egg from the spider tortoises, that's the one that is like really sticking in my mind. It's like, wow, that was close and it didn't happen. So. How about you? Okay. So for me, it's going to be um, a trio of map turtles. I'm hoping that somehow this female ringed map turtle decides to lay pure ringed maps next year. Um, but uh, other than that, barbers maps, which like they should be breedable. I got this little, I got the tiniest egg from my biggest turtle this year. Like it was like a little bit bigger than a jelly belly jelly bean from a uh, from a 1400 gram barber's map turtle right <laughs> um and then uh i want like I'm, I'm hopeful for fertile texas map turtle eggs um i now have a second male that i should be able to drop in there that's um, big enough so that's actually going to happen this fall drop that male in that tank and hopefully uh next year instead of getting another round another couple rounds of infertile eggs hopefully i finally get some fertile texas maps speaking of which and i I sent the pictures through our turtle room whatsapp chat but lisa got to see texas map turtles in the wild a couple weeks ago so she saw texas map turtles in the wild before i did she oh my gosh she just like took pictures and said like she was in austin she was in austin texas for her conference and the colorado river which is uh, the drainage system they live in runs right through uh the, the heart of austin so she went down walking down along the river and saw texas map turtles uh texas cooters there were some mississippi map turtles um you know prob- uh, probably a couple other things in there too but i think those were the three she saw the most of awesome so that's so yeah. crazy all right, I have to answer questions. First of all, Andrew, it kills me to to answer this, but I'm I'm not coming next week. 
to TTPG, which kills me. I'd love to see is it, your new place. Is it next week? Isn't it the end of this week? Is it the end of this week? I thought it was next week. Whatever. Within the next two to yeah nine days, stuff will be happening. I will not be there. I'm so sorry. I um, I absolutely love what the TTPG does with their conference. It's incredible, and I, I won't be there. But um, hopefully next year. Next week. There you go. I wasn't wrong. And then Steve Rosie is asking me about the fish. The, the fish and this wonderful uh, duck decoy handmade uh, by my professional mentor, Alan McKenzie, who was a furniture mogul and businessman in the 1960s and 70s and then decided that he wanted, and, and 80s, and decided that he wanted to um, do something that mattered more. And he found himself in like the social work arena, which is where I got a lot of my professional training and experience before moving to the veterinary field. And he's a wonderful person, and he likes to carve cool stuff out of wood. So duck decoy, and that's just like a decorative fish, which is really cool. It's a it's a um, brown trout. There you go. And we go, and he's, he, he is the person who taught me how to fly fish as well. So I owe a lot of my man card to that man, if that makes any sense. There you go. There you have it. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for yeah. thanks for being active in the chat. This was so much fun. That, would, like, that, that definitely helped, too. See, so. we could do this every week. I don't know if Lisa would vote for that because it's a lot of extra nights, but yeah. <laughs> I have fun with it. It felt good. Like, oh, totally. Like, yeah. Even though getting started was such a, a hassle with, with stuff, like like on the tech side, like once we switched over to this, like we really need to talk about this. More. We'll continue yeah. this off, off. Well, yeah. Stream, but that was, that was the awesome. first time we've had issues in two years though, with a broadcast. So like that kind of issue. So no idea yeah. why the stream wouldn't, wouldn't really start like that. But most this of the tech awesome. issues we've had have always been with Skype or some, you know, somebody's personal land yeah. more than the, more than the stream generation. So, but yeah, this was great. Uh, it was a fun guest. And to, to be on here and chat a bit more, um, yeah, awesome. make this a little low key. So I love it. And, I love uh, it. I love all you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. Ahead, appreciate it, everybody. Fun. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how to do a rollout in here. And so I don't have it hooked up. But if we do use this, I bet I could figure it out. So anyway, awesome. thank you. Everybody. Also, I just figured out how to do this and swap sides. Oh, hey. Uh, Oh, oh, look okay. at that. Woo. Okay. So, okay. um, you know, I'm figuring out some new things, which is kind of cool too. But anyway, so good night, folks. Anthony, anything else you want to say? Kevin Minto is sick. Send him a get well soon message, please. Ask him all about it. Bother him. Ping his phone up. He's, he's got tons of time right now. And then also, if you see Chris and Casey Leone, uh, wish them a happy uh anniversary because today's your anniversary which wise indeed and I. so good night Stay everybody still thank mine. you so much appreciate See you guys all.